Hello there. I've been looking forward to this. This is where the fun begins. Take a seat. Ladies and gentlemen, clones and clankers, welcome back to Season 2 of the Jedi Jargon Podcast. My name is Jedi Master OB, and I first experienced the franchise through LEGO Star Wars. And this right here is Jedi Master Jeff, the boy who faced Darth Maul at Disney World and lived to tell the tale. Jeff, it's been a year and a half. Welcome back. Jedi Jargon Podcast. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. A long time. Very long time. Welcome back, old friend. It's good to be back, and there's definitely a lot to talk about. Uh, I know just personally, uh, I mean, a lot of life has gone by since the last time we were here on Jedi Jargon. Um, I went to a certain little celebration of this thing we're talking about today out in the West Coast. I've got a little bit to talk about there, uh, but I think we're I think we're here to talk about. Uh, our childhood hero <clears throat> and his most recent series, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus, which I personally think was a a triumph. What about you? Well, let me let me let me let me start by saying uh, you know, we are very excited to be doing season two of the Jedi Dragon podcast. Our last episode was December of twenty twenty, if you can believe it or not, folks. We haven't done an episode in more than a year and a half, uh, just about now. Um, and, and, and you and me both, we are at completely different stages in our lives than we were then. We were, you know, back in 2020, by that point, we were, uh, I think we were about six months out of college. And, and now we're two years into the workforce. Uh, I'm on my second job. Jeff's about to leave his, uh, his, his first big boy job and, and go off into the world and, and, and figure things out. Uh, and I'm excited to finally come back. You know, it, I, I think that if there was anything that was going to get us to do a season two, it was going to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, so before we go any further, I'm going to just go ahead and sound the spoiler klaxon. You've been warned. All right, here we go. All right, so from this point on, guys... Everything that we talk about is going to be spoiler territory. Now, now, Jeff, you and I have been waiting to talk about Obi-Wan the last number of days. Uh, and we've been waiting to put out a podcast, too. I mean, you and I talked about this. We said, listen, if we're going to put some content out, we're not going to be like those other channels that are essentially like content farming that are going to go in and do the deep dives of every episode and, and every little thing, because we've done that in the past. And, you know, neither of us have the time, quite frankly, to be doing that. Um, and also, a big reason that we stopped doing Jedi Jargon uh, in Season 1, I think, and, and let me know if I have it, is that we just got kind of tired of it, you know, doing the ins and outs and the and the Easter eggs and all this stuff. Y you begin to watch all these shows and farm them for content as opposed to enjoying them for the for the art that they are. Exactly. And I can tell you, Obi, um, when you're watching Star Wars or Marvel, whatever it is, right, or just any, you know, any movie or show, I like to just experience it for what it is, you know, especially the first time I watch something. Um, just be a fan. Just be an enjoyer, you know, of, of Obi-Wan Kenobi, let's say. Right. Um 
and and kind of and and furthermore, you know, when I'm watching it, I, I always avoid reaction. I know that's a big thing now in the the content world is like, you know, Star Wars Theory, for example. He hosts his like reaction watch parties, and a lot of these TikTokers like Soups and Cuban Crusher and um, a bunch of other guys on there that I follow. Uh, they like to you know post their reactions, which is great. It's not the kind of channel that we are, that's for sure, as you mentioned. But um, yeah, I mean, we're giving our reactions. I just like with, to enjoy it, man. Right, right, and we're giving our reactions with a day a day or more of hindsight on the final episode in particular, on the entire series overall. Um, but you're right, though. I mean, there are a plethora of YouTubers. You know, all those folks that you listed. You know, Ash and Brian from Always Believe. We love those guys. Uh, but you know, that's not really our style. You know, we I think that if you're if you're posting your live reaction to a show, you have an incentive to perform and be a little over the top, uh, which isn't really our style. You know, uh, we're fans first, and that's the angle that we take. You know, we are talking about our own experience as fans, not necessarily as Star Wars content creators. Um, so, but but it is funny though, Jeff. I know you and I have talked about this in the past. Uh, there have been a number of conversations that you and I have had in the last year and a half, where. You know, because we kind of got off Star Wars for a bit. We had other things going on in our lives, but we would we would always circle back around to it, and we'd have these deep conversations that we wouldn't intend to have, uh, and then afterwards we'd be kicking ourselves, saying, "Oh damn! Like, why didn't we record this?" <laughs> I know. Why didn't we take out the microphones for this conversation? Right. And I think for us, and this is a huge reason why we started this podcast. You know, everything has its season in life, right? You know, Star whether it's Star Wars or sports or you know, any, you know, any interest or passion that you have, it's always going to be there. And I know for me and I know for you, Star Wars is definitely always going to be, you know, one of those primary passions, um, primary interests. And I'll always go back to it. And I mentioned this in my initial sort of letterbox, my letterboxed review of Obi-Wan Kenobi is that these stories, this was, you know, the, especially the prequel trilogy, this was my storybook as a kid. These were my myths that I grew up with. These were the, you know, the the Greek stories of old uh, for me when I was, you know, a young young little kid uh, learning right from wrong. I learned right from wrong from Obi Wan Kenobi, honestly, yeah. Qui Gon Jinn, yeah. Anakin Skywalker, and right. the like, Yoda. Right. You know? I mean, so as, as Qui Gon, these, these as, stories have importance to me. Right, and as Qui Gon teaches us, you know. You choose the light not because you're going to get some reward at the end of it, but because it's the light. You know, be, because it's the right thing to do. Uh, shameless plug to uh, Claudia Gray's Master and Apprentice. Go read it. Uh, also, shameless plug for for Jeff's Letterboxed. I mean, for real. What, drop the at, Jeff. Uh, yeah, my Letterboxed, if you want to follow it, I use it pretty much every day if you want to see what movies I'm, I'm watching and, and logging. Uh, I've made a habit of it since pretty much the beginning of quarantine to write some sort of a review or journal entry for every movie that I watch. And I've got something like, I don't know. I'm just going to quickly check to see how many I've got in there now since I've started this process. Sure. Like, uh, 185 wow. movies logged wow. like with reviews on there so far. So yeah, if you want to check it out, it's just my name. Um, Jeff Scales, no spaces, G-E-O-F-F-S-C-A-L-E-S, right on Letterboxd. I'm a pro member. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> check it out. 
uh check out some of my stuff and if you want movie recommendations in general just hit me up yeah i think the one thing that i can appreciate about our friendship over the last you know year and a half since we wrapped up season one of jedi jargon is that you have really fallen into the film scene you know you were always very much a film buff a film enjoyer um but now you've fallen, you know, <laughs> average head first. film enjoyer. Yeah, right. Average film enjoyer. Uh, <laughs> oh, geez. Um, I really fell into that one. But you've really dived in head first into film as a, as a medium, you know, beyond just, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, like all the stuff that we enjoy as nerds. You know, I remember a couple months ago, you and I were watching Citizen Kane and having a, you know, a really deep discussion after watching that about how, you know, that movie was technically groundbreaking and all this other stuff. And, you know, it's not a conversation that we would have been having, you know, two or three years ago. Uh, so I, I, I will say, you know, being being your your close friend, it's rubbed off on me because now on my TikTok for you page and my Twitter uh, suggested, you know, the algorithm, I'm getting like film film bro content. <laughs> which is just that. which is just I by love osmosis the that yeah. I've had on you yeah, yeah right and i'm sure i'm sure there are other friends that i've had these conversations with um where it's it's been a similar effect um because and that and that's why i love content creation that's why I, that's why i like coming on here to do these podcasts that's why i like video editing that's why i like filming things myself it's because I feel like I'd just be unbearable if I just kept talking about movies all the damn time with everyone that I come in contact with. So, hey, you know what? I, uh, and me too. When it comes to Star Wars, <laughs> um, right. but but one thing I will say though is that you know, with respect to film, and you and I have had this conversation before, or, or, or bits and pieces of it, that you know, it's totally okay for us to enjoy, you know, Star Wars or you know, Marvel, yeah. which folks would consider more lowbrow cinema. Um, and it doesn't take away from, you know, enjoying actual what folks would call cinema or, or, or vice versa. You know, we can we can enjoy things for what they are. That being said, I am getting wicked bad Marvel fatigue and we can get into that another time. Um, right. But I think right now we are in a golden age of Star Wars. Uh, thank Absolutely. you. Thank you. Thank you to Deborah Chow, to the entire team at Lucasfilm. Um I mean, I, listen, dude. You and me haven't had Kathleen a chance Kennedy, to. Kennedy, low key, like no, I never like thought high I'd key. Be saying thank you, Kathleen Kennedy, but no, like yeah. high, high key, bro, high key. Um, <laughs> but they hit this one out of the park. Absolutely, I know you and I, I haven't agree. had a chance to talk about this episode. Um, we've been sending each other, uh, you know, tweets and 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 well, gifts series and as stuff a whole, back and forth, but we haven't really talked about it. So, so Jeff, give me your initial thoughts yeah. on yesterday's episode in particular, and then the entire series overall. Then we can get into it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So part six, uh, incredible uh, from start to finish. I noticed it like immediately. We knew what we were getting into, right? With the the rematch of the of the century between Master and Apprentice. But what I noticed right away, and what they kind of played into with the supporting cast, is how Obi Wan kind of wanted it. <laughs> I mean, he he wanted to face his own fear and go up against what uh, really was has been eating away at him for um, what is it 10 years at this point since revenge of the sith right i think it was nine years so nine it was a, years, it was yeah. yeah yeah it was it was a huge moment for him as you know personally where at the beginning of the series he's very much hermit ben he you know is afraid of his own shadow living in a cave 
literally a shadow of his former self. Mm-hmm. Not even sure, not sure of himself and his powers. He's lost his connection with the Force. Um, what little connection he does have with the Force is a, a very painful one. Um, so to see him slowly over the course of the series come out of his shell and then at the culmination in episode six face his fear face his failure and face his his shame which is essentially you know his apprentice his fallen apprentice uh and to see them go face to face at the end it was breathtaking stuff it was it was some of the best looking action sequences we've seen in any Star Wars so far. I mean, come on, man. When right. you use the force to to raise all of the rocks around him, that was something out of like Star Wars the Force Awakens. It didn't we haven't seen the likes of that kind of power. And same with what we saw with Vader too, which I just I love the treatment of uh, you know, the two major players in this show. And you know what uh, I love seeing loved? him Yeah, go ahead. You know what I go loved ahead. about their final confrontation their final fight is that i I forget where i heard this from but i i I, you know credit to the creator on youtube that that said basically this but i really agree with the sentiment and it's oh i think it was i think it was ryan airy from screen crush uh he was saying that the fight between obi-wan and vader wasn't necessarily an epic showdown quote-unquote in like you know how how nerds say oh that was epic bro but it was purposeful and emotional and intense in in the way that the fight was a an encapsulation of the characters' motivations, their struggles, um, and 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 their burdens that they've both been carrying since they last met, uh, you know, in in Revenge of the Sith, where it's like, sure, there was some really cool choreography, but it wasn't just you know twists and spins for no reason. You know what I mean? Like everything was purposeful, um, and their and you know their conversation that they finally had, and we can get into that as we as we go through the through the through our discussion here. Um, but that that just broke my heart. <laughs> but one thing I wanted to get into, um, and 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 I let me just take a step back for a second. One thing I think we're gonna avoid in this conversation and other conversations about other shows and episodes and things going forward is we're gonna avoid doing the breakdown that we used to do, because uh, we can safely assume that anybody that is listening to this podcast has seen the episodes and they don't come to us to find out what happened. <laughs> you can either rewatch the episode or you can go watch an Easter egg, you know, video on YouTube. Uh, so we're going to talk about our reactions to big pieces of the episode, um, and then just kind of go from there. So how, do, how does that sound to you? That sounds great, and I I would agree with you that if you're here, you've seen it. <laughs> I mean, the spoiler claxons went off several minutes ago, so yeah, right, that's right. that's not our thing. Right. We're not a recap reaction channel. So the first thing that I want to get into is a little bit of a more meta conversation about this show. And that is the the discourse online, the discourse on Twitter, the discourse on Reddit, uh, on TikTok about oh boy. the Obi Wan show uh, in particular and Disney Star Wars content in general. Uh, first things first, uh, this this podcast is a Moses Ingram stand podcast. Absolutely. As was our Twitter, as was Love our her. yeah exactly as was our Twitter name for a while. You know, Jedi jargon, a Moses Ingram stan account. Uh, you know, we we back our girl. I knew from the jump she was going to be a great character. She's a great actress. I believe she's an Oscar-nominated or Emmy-nominated actress. Um, you know, high-caliber performance from her throughout throughout the series. 
Um, I never really understood the folks that were maligning her online, uh, spewing, you know, racist vitriol, all the terrible things that, you know, you and I as Star Wars fans, we don't claim at all. We There's no there's no room for that. Uh, the galaxy might be wide, but it's not large enough for uh, for that kind of hate. That being well, no, and uh, allow me to just chime in real quick on that because it's too important not to. Um, so many neckbeards on Reddit and on the internet will see characters of color or you know just just women, honestly, and you know portrayed in media, and they'll assume because it's Disney, because it's a big corporation making this show or movie, that it's like oh. They just want, you know, it's that they just want the minority representation. They want that fake girl boss stuff. You know, I'm, I'm so tired of this political nonsense. Like, stop forcing your agendas on me. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> it's like an entire universe of characters that, of course, are going to have people that look different than you, man. Um, yeah, and, and we listen, sorry. you and I can do a whole episode. I mean, we probably could just talking about the fandom menace. You know what I mean? Like all those folks online. I like that. Well, that's what that's what they're called. Fandom that's that's like the that. that's the that's what they were they're referred to as. Uh, you know the folks that you know not to name names, but the folks that you know Star Wars theory curates, for example, uh, would fall under the fandom menace uh, 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 tent. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Which we could do a whole episode on him too. Just, Star Wars you know, theory. That's a his whole... his fall from grace. Yeah, honestly. Man. You know, loved him, Honestly, and yeah. I, you know, I still kind of like some stuff that he puts out. But you know, I, I, one yeah, thing exactly, I don't, I don't hate the guy. Yeah. No, no. But the whole thing is, one thing that you and I will never do is try to drive engagement by being negative about Star Wars or Lucasfilm or the fandom or anything. Because first and foremost, we made this podcast because we love Star Wars. You know, these are the stories that were our mythos as a kid, uh, and and we're not gonna we're not gonna be outraged at any creative direction that the series takes because when you go into it with no expectations you know you can't be disappointed and if anything i was pleasantly surprised with this latest installment of the saga um but but my my larger point is just that you know i'm sick and tired of all of these neckbeards all these like annoying fanboys that say oh it needs to be perfect you know star my star wars needs to be perfect it's like my brother in the force this is a series about space wizards intended for children like I don't not, not only yeah not only that right but like just it's almost like it, it shows a lack of media literacy on the part of a lot of you know viewers of Star Wars no no offense to anybody listening here but i mean if you can't be told a story like come on man that's the whole point of storytelling is to sit down and just kind of enjoy it and not have these preconceived sort of notions or expectations for what you're about to take in. Right. Because it's not your thing. You don't have any sort of ownership over any of this. It's just a story that's that's out there, man. It's not, it's not your thing. If you right. if, Honestly, I'll say this right now, just and maybe it's the creative in me that's kind of pissed at this stuff, but... If you're not happy with the stories that you're being told, tell better ones. Uh, on, honestly, you know. And that doesn't. You think, you think you can write a better story? Do it. I don't know if that means that you should invest hundreds of thousands of dollars into your own Star Wars fan film, but write different stories. <laughs> right. It feels like we're just going after Star Wars theory. No, honestly. I mean, listen a little bit, a little bit tonight. <laughs> I, I think. Listen, I think he is. 
he has disappointed me this week in in his conduct. And of course, because the final episode, you know, showed us what we wanted to see, quote unquote. Of course, he comes out and says, oh, it was great. Why couldn't they do this all along? And there were a lot of fans that were parroting that narrative throughout the week. And I just got to say, man, I don't understand why this happens every single time. When the, there's the final showdown and everything's all all the epic fighting and blah, 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 and the lightsabers and the force like pushes and all this stuff. Everyone says, that was sick. Why couldn't we have that from the jump? And it's like, do you not understand that you need to have a little thing called character development? There needs to be a struggle. Obi-Wan Kenobi needs to start off as this broken, you know, shell of his former self. So we can see him find that new hope again to then become Obi-Wan Kenobi Jedi Master legend by by part six. You know what I mean? Because if you just had him, you know, from the jump, swinging his lightsaber, doing all this stuff, that wouldn't make for a good story. Sure, it would make for a good montage, but it wouldn't make for a good story. And I think that goes to what you and I have been talking about recently that a lot of these fanboys, they don't want to see well-rounded storytelling. They just want to see epic shots because they have such a short attention span that they are just looking at these pieces of media for content, for cheap thrills. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that kind of speaks to the, and honestly, this is the Star Wars podcast, but it's by no means sponsored by Disney. Kind of speaks to the Disneyfication of cinema audiences, uh, if I'm being real. Um, pe- people don't have the same attention span that they did in the 1970s and 80s. Um, if The Godfather came out today, people would be calling it art house, and you know, kind of this unique thing when it really isn't. Yeah, like you the know, Irishman. It's a story that people should be able. To, yeah, it's a story that people should be able to engage with. Right. Um, it's not, it's not reinventing the wheel. People right. talked about the Northmen that way when the Northmen came out. Oh, it's like an artsy underground thing. No, it's not. It's just a, a Viking epic. Go watch it and make your own opinion. You know? Right. It's just a story. It's not, it's not epic fights and cool content, which by the way, there's nothing I, I have corrected myself more on in the last year and a half than to stop referring to pieces of film and media and television as content because when you treat things as content you're not enjoying it for the story you're you're farming it to make a breakdown video right yeah and i and i'll i'll give a a movie that came out recently as an example all of the hype leading up to spider-man no way home i think it was great you know i think it speaks to how much people love that character and how it's great that so many people were excited cinema is back people are back and you know buying tickets but my God, man! I mean, there there were so many fans, so many people that if and again the spoilers the spoiler klaxons went off. I don't know if it applies to Spider Man No Way Home. It's been out for so many months now. But if Toby and Andrew hadn't popped up, like people would have been disappointed. And I think that's just it's kind of gross, honestly. And <laughs> it speaks to the state of audiences. I know I'm I, I sound like a uh, I sound like I may be maybe sounding pretentious here but i'm really not trying to be well because the hype the hype machine the hype machine goes burr you know the hype machine goes burr and when it doesn't people get pissed the same thing happened with um multiverse of madness with dr strange which was an objectively good like marvel film i think it was one of the more creative installments they've had 
um, in Phase Four, if not if not the entire, yeah. you know. Uh, Thank you, uh, Sam slate. Raimi. We should let film. We should let. We should let good filmmakers do their thing. Right. Uh, right. So this. This to I think me. That's what benefited that movie. To me, this goes back to the hate that Luke Skywalker received in the Last Jedi, where it's like folks were pissed that right. he wasn't yeah, Luke Skywalker similar. Jedi Master, and it's like, well, of course, you know, just like Luke, Obi Wan is the same way. And both of those characters have to get their mojo back. They have to find their reason to hope again. You know, that's the whole point of Star Wars. I think the central theme of Star Wars is hope. That's what it comes down to. And George Lucas has said this himself, that despite any political or economic or philosophical, you know, themes that are embedded into Star Wars, whether it's, you know, constitutional republicanism versus fascism, or it's Buddhist influences, or it's Christian influences, or, or, or anything to that effect... The central theme of Star Wars is hope. Characters embody it, they lose it, they regain it, and they signify it to other people. And that's what this series was about. This was about Obi-Wan Kenobi. This was about Obi-Wan Kenobi dealing with his mental anguish at the seeming death of Anakin Skywalker by his blade, his brother, his best friend. And he had nine or yeah, ten years I mean, in the desert to deal with that. And and the series comes around. It's like, of course he's not going to be, you know, Obi-Wan, hello there, you know, happy-go-lucky, him his old self. It's not General Kenobi anymore, no. Uh, I mean, not to get dark here, but, I mean, if I ever had to, if I ever got into a, you know, fight with you and I had to put you down, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd be happy about that. I don't. I don't know if I'd be able to not think about that every single day, and and you know, think about you or think you know if it's not you, if it's somebody else that I'm close to and I love. Um, Would it be like that meme on yeah, I Twitter? Be, I wouldn't be able to not think about them every single night when I close my eyes. Right, right. Would it be so like I, that? I think it handled that really well. Would it be like that Twitter meme of of the of the black gentleman that was he made the tweet about you know when I have to kill Tony Hawk during the race war. And then Tony Hawk responded. <laughs> oh and then Tony Hawk responded. He's like, "Hey, I at least the thought, I appreciate bro. the struggle. At least you struggle with it for a second. I, no, I appreciate the hesitation. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it's like that. And uh, I, I think this this show, it did a really good job of representing PTSD and, and trauma that we all didn't want to. It, it's not that we didn't want to talk about it, but. I don't think Star Wars had the time to really dive into. Uh, there's this one great video edit that I think we actually have on our Instagram. Obi-Wan has PTSD. Instagram. Yeah, Obi-Wan have, has PTSD. And uh, again, it speaks to the brilliance of Alec Guinness. It's almost like Alec Guinness already knew or already watched the prequels before he started you know, acting in, in A New Hope. But seeing the prequels and then watching Obi-Wan Kenobi... I think it recontextualizes A New Hope in many ways. And I, I'd like to get into this now. Um, like it, 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 it brings new meaning to the title, A New Hope, when you think of the hope that these two kids gave this guy. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, and also just that, I mean, he was down and out. He didn't just lie and wait and then you know reemerge from the dune sea when <laughs> when uh princess leia contacted him i mean he had problems man right 
Right. And, 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 you know, let's just think for a second. I think you and I had said before when we'd first heard about this show being announced, you know, I don't care if we're watching Obi-Wan cry his eyes out for six hours. I'm ready for this show, <laughs> you know? Uh, but I, I think that, you know, what we had imagined for this show, the, the larger set pieces that we were going to encounter, largely were met, right? We were seeing Obi-Wan struggle with what had happened, overcoming that, um, I guess facing Vader again in a way that didn't break the canon, right? And then regaining his sense of hope um, while watching over Luke. I think all of those things were accomplished. So that those I think those were our only expectations, like our only major expectations. Um, and all of the, the finer points of the story, I think were done very, very, very well. Uh, because one of my worries, and I know one of the worries in the, in the greater fandom was that this show could mess with the canon established in Star Wars 1977, right? So all of the stuff from, you know, you served my father during the Clone Wars to Luke meeting Obi-Wan, you know, and, and engaging for the first time, you know, on a, on a, on a consequential level uh, to the confrontation with Darth Vader on the Death Star, you know, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. We're thinking, how can Obi-Wan do all these things and have it still make sense with the story that they established in 1977? And I think that at every juncture, and I guess this might be a hot take in the fandom, at every single juncture, they made the right choice for the story, which is tough I, Yeah. when you're trying no, to I make agree. everything fit into a movie from 45 years ago. I loved how, and and I'll I'll sort of I'll channel a, a one of my favorite creatives, Hideo Kojima, the creator of the Metal Gear Solid franchise. He always says, you know, don't be afraid to betray the audience. Don't be afraid to, right when things get going, pull the rug out from underneath them, especially when they are expecting one thing. I wasn't expecting Leia. Of all things oh, in yeah. this series, and I, I think it, I think that really worked. And that little girl, I mean, she's first of all, she's adorable, uh, but she just she channeled the energy of Leia perfectly. Uh, I think from the looks to the mannerisms, to, I, forget to her, the voice, I forget her name, but uh, Vivian something Blair, I, I, I believe her name is. Um, but she'll be someone, yeah, you know, she'll be she'll be big. That's off. Yeah, uh, I think, job. dude. Imagine if in like six years they did. Leia, Princess of Alderaan, like live action. They would never do it, but that'd be so cool if they did. I mean, yeah, they've got the blueprint with Claudia Gray's book, and this girl is a great actress. Right, so right. If they want, but dude, wasn't that such a surprise though? Because they didn't show anything of her in any of the promos. Like, I think we knew that she was cast, but we didn't know that she'd be a major player. If anything, we all thought it would be about Luke, and Luke got minimal screen time, which I think was for the better. Exactly, right? Because when Luke and Obi-Wan meet in A New Hope, they don't really know each other. Uh, I mean, Obi-Wan knows Luke, but Luke doesn't really know Obi-Wan. Oh, old Ben? Oh, you know. Okay, I guess I'll go talk to old Ben. Is that Obi-Wan? Right. I guess I'll go right. talk to him. He didn't really know him. But to see... I mean, going back to Leia, if anything was to take Obi-Wan off of Tatooine, it would be the other Skywalker twin, you know. That's the only thing. Uh, Leia. That's the only thing that would take him off the planet. Or, and you and I were worried yeah, no. too. We were no, worried. No, like, there's what, nothing else. What is going to get Obi Wan to leave Tatooine? 
you know, we're thinking it's going to be That's some it. it's going to be some stupid yeah. side quest, right? There is no more important side quest than Leia Organa. Full stop. Exactly. And and it all again recontextualizes a new hope because you know, in the in Leia's message to Obi-Wan, you know, you kind of get the gist that she knows of how great he is and you, know, you served my father in the Clone Wars, uh, all that stuff. But there's a level of trust there uh, that is clear. And she named her kid after him, Ben. Right. Now, if I can just ben really Solo, quickly about so. that. So, so two things. First thing is that a lot of folks were complaining after, before and after this final episode that this show breaks the canon because obviously Leia and Ben are very familiar with each other by the, by the conclusion of the series. So why is it that Princess Leia in the original Star Wars is so formal and stilted when she's talking to General Kenobi through R2-D2? And I think that in one little line, I wouldn't even call it a throwaway line, but one little line... Ben says to her what is necessary to make all of this work story-wise. He says to her when he when he meets her at the end on Alderaan when he when he comes to bring Lola back, the droid, he says to her, you know, she, when she asks, "Will I ever see you again?" you know, blah blah blah. Um, you know, let me know if you ever need any help, but we can't let anybody know or else we'll both be in danger, right? So, when and this is my interpretation. You know, let me know to what degree you think this is just me spinning headcanon, but this is my interpretation of what she said. You know, so when they agreed to that, when nine years later, Leia is sending this message to Obi-Wan, she's purposefully being distant to not appear like she knows him all that well for everybody's safety, going, you know, go in, in line with what he had told her to do. Yeah, that all, that all checks out. I would agree. And it makes sense because... I mean, you didn't. Anyone who even associated remotely with a Jedi was on the Empire's hit list. So, right, of course, right, right. I mean, it's I don't know, it, and it's it, it, no. Um, I, uh, I was about to say, it's almost. It kind of harkens back to the you know Nazi era, where anyone who had any association with like jewish people or you know harbored jewish people anything like that they were pu they were public enemy number one well that's what the inquisitors uh, so are an allegory kinda, for yeah they're standing for the they're standing for the ss quite literally exactly exactly it's kind of it's a scary you know it's a, it's a little too real at times mm -hmm. i found mm -hmm. right no and i and i and i think so it's very real I think that for for you know, I want to just wrap up this whole idea about episode four before we go and talk about other aspects of the show. Um, so so remind me. Right. Um, but I don't know about you, but I felt an insatiable drive after watching the episode for the second time tonight. I watched it yesterday morning when it first came out um, to go start episode four and to just watch for all these little subtle hints. I haven't done. I, I think I might when we when I'll, we wrap up when yeah, we wrap up recording. I'll probably be watching it this weekend. Right. Um, but to me, it really felt like episode 3.5 or maybe, maybe even 3.75. You know what I mean? Um, it, because I've always known that Darth Vader in the suit is Anakin Skywalker. And I've always known that Carrie Fisher's Leia 
and Mark Hamill's Luke are Anakin's children and Padme's children. But it was always one of those things where I had to suspend disbelief in order to make it make sense. And this series bridged that gap for me. Like, sure, seeing Hayden's face in the suit and hearing his voice in the suit got me all the way there. But seeing Ewan's Obi-Wan interacting with Leia and with Luke and, you know, and them talking about, you know, their parents um, really bridged the gap for me. Uh, because I don't know about you, but growing up, it was always like, okay, we had the originals, and then we had the prequels, and then you kind of got to fill in the gap with your mind's eye to make it make sense. And this bridged the gap for me and makes it all makes it all work. I agree. And I think that also speaks to the importance of Obi-Wan as a character in this saga. He is the bridge between mm. that gap mm. in many... In, in literally. Because he experienced the highs and lows of the Republic. He was the closest of friends with Padme and Anakin. And the the role that he had in protecting those children and in ensuring their future is it's invaluable. And he like like you just said, like, oh, you know, it bridges the gap. He is that bridge. Mm-hmm. He like without Obi Wan, there would be no Luke and Leia as as we know them in the original trilogy he his his struggles his sacrifice paved the way for their heroics that would come wow hmm. i had not thought of it that way that is a really good way to look at that hmm. you know one thing i hope we get more of and i don't know where or if we would is Obi-Wan and Satine content. And I hate to call it content, but Obi-Wan and Satine stories. Uh, like, maybe maybe they put it into a book. You know, the whole story of Obi-Wan and, and Qui-Gon and their mission to Mandalore, you know, 10 years before the Clone Wars. So we can see the first time that Obi-Wan is called Ben uh, and, you know, and seeing the origin of that. I know it's hinted at that Satine calls him Ben, but I'd love to see the first time just to kind of connect that, you know, connect those dots, so to speak. Um but you know what, though? The, 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 the older that we get and the more stories that Lucasfilm puts out through books and TV shows and movies, you know, the more gaps are filled in and the more I can sit back and, and, and say, you know what, this is, this is, this is a good amount. I think, I'm, I think we're okay here for this, for this particular era. Um, and, and where that comes in specifically is regarding a potential season two to this show. Now, we put out a poll on Twitter uh, and asked folks if they would want to see a season two for the show or not. And a lot of folks... the results. How'd those come out? So mostly in, uh, mostly against a season two. Uh, and I think that... And I hate to be a gatekeeper, but I think that fans that love Star Wars for the story and can engage with it on a, on a structural level understand why a season two is not necessary. You know, of course, I would love to see Obi-Wan, you know, in the desert, getting grayer, his hair going whiter... You know, his face getting older, you know, communing with Qui-Gon and learning the ways of, you know, uh, of the of the mastery of the living force and, you know, watching Luke from afar and all this stuff. I'd love to watch that. Right. But I think it would it would cheapen Ewan's Obi-Wan to see the daily adventures of Obi-Wan. I think that that is best left for books and it is best left for comic books um, and it is best left for other forms of media. 
uh, I think that this six episode, or even, or even better, best left to our interpretation, left to our imagination, to yep. fill in the gaps ourselves, which I think is a lot of fun in and of itself. Right, right. Um, I think that in six episodes they did enough, right? Where there was one or two episodes where parts of the episodes felt like filler, and that's okay. I'm not the one saying it's filler. I'm just saying that it, you know, it could be construed to be a little bit of a filler. Um, and filler vibes. Yeah. Yeah, and that's fine. You know, when you're reading a book, not every chapter is going to be a banger. You know, some of them have to set stuff up. Exactly. And it's got to move you to f- from point A to point B. Right. Uh, right. And the in-betweens might not always be exciting. Right, and that's fine. But I think if they had done eight episodes, you know, sure, you would have gotten a lot more screen time for you and and maybe some more screen time for Hayden's Anakin. Um, but what would that have done for the story? How would that have served our characters? You, you know what I mean? I think that's, I think that's what, a, what a lot of the content people and, and fanboys that we were talking about earlier, that's what they look for when they insert themselves into these stories and take ownership over these, these stories and characters is that like, Oh man, Clone Wars flashbacks. We should be getting what we were marketed with Hayden coming back, you know. Right, and we you had seven seasons of that show to to get that. I we have a complete Clone Wars series to to glean those adventures off of. Right, and like sure, I, I I will I will allow that it, you know, maybe it would have been cool to see a scene of sure Hayden and Ewan, you know, doing a Clone Wars style mission. You know what I mean? Like in their in their costumes and their garb from from that show, just to see it in live action, and maybe have like Ahsoka just to see it in live action. But you got to ask yourself, how would that have served the story? Now you brought up a great point I think talking Ahsoka about a distraction. Exactly, honestly. exactly. You brought up a great point talking about the flashbacks because that was a major point of the discourse for the last three or four weeks. You know, are we going to see Clone Wars flashbacks this week? And for the first like three episodes, everyone was like, "What the hell, man!" Like, where are these, or the, for the first four, everyone was like, what the hell, where are these flashbacks? You know, we only, I think we only had, like, one or two seconds of Ewan, and it was in the second episode, right? Or the first episode, I, I, I can't remember. Maybe it was even the third, um, when they were on that planet with, uh, with uh, you know, flatbed truck driving space uh, confederate with the space, you know, the Empire bumper sticker on the back, you know, the bootlicker. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and you saw Hayden's, uh, uh, Anakin from a distance, you know, that was cool. I think that, you know, that, you know, it was kind of haunting. It was haunting. Yeah, it, was, it was haunting. It was cool. It's like, I, I was okay getting a taste right now. You and I had talked about this. I think it was last weekend previous before episode five had aired where, you know, I think you and I were both upset with the state of the fandom, you know, being very whiny about the lack of Clone Wars flashbacks yeah, we um, were enjoying the series. We, we were, were enjoying the, the series. It, loving it. However, you and I both said, you know, I mean, it didn't really make sense for them to bring out Hayden Christensen and not have him in the show for more than a second. And then episode five airs, and the first thing you see is Hayden Christensen. We're like, oh, shit, here we go. You know, it's like, you people, yeah, right? you people, yeah. you neckbeards, you, you, you fanboys, <laughs> you need to learn to, like, shh. Like, dang Ferrick, my guys. You need to learn to chill the heck out, right? Like, engage with the stories that you're being told. 
Yeah, like, like patience. You need patience. But think about you guys think, are like think about this. I no, hold yeah. on. I think I started interrupting. Yeah, I think that the no. fanboys. Do you know why they see themselves in Anakin Skywalker? Because they are impatient. They are impulsive. They want instant gratification, and they think that being whiny and and and, and being loud, they can get what they want. And that leads you to resentment. And resentment is a path to the dark side. So shut the hell up, fandom menace. Enjoy Star Wars for what it is. You don't have any ownership beyond your emotional investment in the saga. And just stop having such high expectations. Because I was enjoying this entire series for what it was. And I loved it. I thought this ranks with with the best of Star Wars films. For me, personally in the rankings, it is Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, Empire Strikes Back, Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? Those are my big three. Oh, and you know what? This right one, on, this, you know what? This, yeah. this one's going to piss him off. Ready for this one? The Last Jedi. <laughs> Come, you guys I, can add I'm me. I'm kind of like... You guys no, can add I, me on Twitter. Uh, I respect that. Man. Add me on Twitter, man. I, I don't care. Do it, yeah. I like The Last Jedi. I think that this... I think that The Last Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, Revenge of the Sith, and Obi-Wan is some of the best that Star Wars has to offer. For different reasons, and, too. And, but because yeah, because no, it's but not like, just a formulaic story. It's not just a, you know, here's an action sequence, here's an epic lightsaber battle, and Obi-Wan says hello there and does the pointy finger thing. Like, sure, did he do all those things? Yes. Were, were, the, lights, were, the, lightsaber epic, uh, were the lightsaber battles epic? Sure, they were. Um, but that's not the point of it. The point of it is to tell a compelling story, develop his character, and make you feel something. Right? So when you have all these fanboys... You know that are that are that are crying on Twitter, and you have Soups saying, you know, Obi Wan is such a disappointment, and it's let me down. And you have Star Wars theories saying it has to be perfect. Shut the hell up, guys. That's such that's such bullshit. Like, think think of it this way: if you go into any movie or show, and you have, you know, it's it's fine to have expectations to a certain extent, and it's fine to have standards for the media that you consume but and i know you can speak for this i'm not going to name any names but there are people that i've watched movies with who are the worst who <laughs> you'll turn it on and they'll be like oh wow those special effects look great don't they oh wow <laughs> it's great acting huh? it's like just please shut the hell up <laughs> <laughs> let's watch this let's actually digest it and then maybe i'll talk about it with you after you know like god man like you can't you can't enjoy anything that way when you're you, when you, you watch when you mindset. watch every piece of media for the purpose of doing a review on it afterwards you cease to enjoy it for what it is right I, I, am i gonna sit here and say that the obi-wan kenobi tv series was perfect no Granted, I can't no, point some to shoddy I, moments. I mean, I can't really, I can't really point to anything that I didn't like for the most part. But like, who am I? Who who are we? You know, to to sit up here atop and the things our... that they point to are so like whatever. Like so many people have talked about the like when the the bandits chased Leia through the forest. Like, oh, that looks so bad, dude. Like, it was campy. Okay. It was campy, like, right? Saturday morning. It, Saturday like, morning. Of all the things to get upset cereal, about, that? it's campy purposefully so right to me i was Why sitting they, there laughing i'm like this is picking. funny it's funny it's comedy right it's physical comedy like shut the hell up guys honestly um it's and, okay and, and furthermore like things but right and furthermore it's like who are like we shit. 
Jeff, who are we? Who are you and I? Who is Soups? Who is Star Wars Theory? Who is, uh, 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 you know, anybody on YouTube, for that matter, or Twitter, right. or to, 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 to get on their high horse and to review something, right? To give a, to give a critical assessment and to rank it. <laughs> We're not qualified to do that. No one's qualified yeah, okay, to do Martin that. Well, that's the point. It's like just because we're super fans of this franchise, right? But it doesn't entitle us to, to to give a ranking. I mean, we're doing this episode tonight talking about it just to give our thoughts, right? This isn't a review. I mean, I guess I guess tacitly yeah, it is, is because we loved it, but we're not going to tear it apart and, and criticize it. No. And if we didn't like it, no. we would talk about things that we didn't think worked story-wise, um, I guess. But but even then, it's like what what does that you know what does that serve i i've actually gone out of my way with this finale episode like sure i watched the screen crushed and the um and the you know spoiler free reviews whatever the spoiler i can't remember the guy's name um all these channels on youtube doing breakdowns and easter egg videos for the for the series but when they get to the review part where they talk about their thoughts i turn it off because I don't really want to hear their exactly. thoughts, right? Yeah. I don't want to hear their thoughts on whether they liked it or not. Um, because a lot of times what they'll do is they'll say, yeah, I thought it was great, but then they'll pick apart things and then that'll just get in my head. And I don't want that to influence my enjoyment of this. You know, it's not me yeah, It's exactly. not me digging my head in the sand and being a, being a sheep. It's me saying, you know what? I really engaged with this story and I don't want to have it ruined for me by some neckbeard's, you know, knee-jerk reaction. Um, I think that... Yeah, we have, we have no authority on this stuff. Come on. Yeah, and that's that. I've noticed something similar with just my own uh, habits with watching movies. Uh, you know, with Letterbox, uh, for example, uh, because I give movies ratings, and technically, what I write are reviews. But I don't like to even think of them as reviews, more so as like diary entries or journals. Because who am I to critique this piece of work that so, that like so many and again, maybe it's the, you know, the filmmaker in me, the film guy in me. But like, who am I to critique this thing that hundreds of people put their, you know, heart and soul into? Like, it's just not. I don't have that authority. I can engage with it and talk about it and talk about how it made me feel. But I'm, <laughs> I'm just. I don't know. I don't get it, man. I don't get the, the bitch and moan club on the internet. Right, like, right. I'm and and listen, I, I think we should apologize no, to the no part. We should that. apologize to the to the listeners. Um, this is our first episode in a year and a half, and we've had a lot to get off our chest with the Star Wars fandom. I, I suppose. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot that we're that we're. Uh, this is kind of a bull sesh, mm. so, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and that's okay. I mean, listen. You know, it, being on, being terminally online is exhausting at times, and and you know it's okay, it's fine. Uh, but you know, how, so how many times have you seen the episode, this final episode here? I'm I'm still I'm still relatively fresh off of the first watch, which was last. Uh, it's ten thirty uh, p.m. Thursday night right now. I watched it about twenty four hours ago. I didn't get the chance to watch it until oh, okay. like ten o'clock. Okay, so. Interesting. I yeah, I, so it's kind of fresh on my mind. So I woke up at like six thirty and watched it yesterday morning, and then I watched it again this evening after having a couple a uh, couple brewskis. So I, oh, nice. you know, my first yeah, my first viewing was more Is that so. Why you cried? <laughs> well, I was gonna get there. Thank you for the spoiler uh, right there. <laughs> so. <laughs> 
I'll let him get there. Oh man, screw you. <laughs> anyway, no, I'm just I'm just kidding. But my first time watching it was more so like, holy shit, like that was so epic. And I hate saying the word epic because it just sounds like 2012 neckbeard. But you know, allow me, indulge me, listeners. Um, but I was like, that was so cool. Like I can't believe that just happened. Like oh my god. Like I was shocked, right? And then this evening I watched it. And I had my more emotional reaction because once you, you know, once you watch it and you're not surprised by anything, you can watch it again for the closer details and the character, you know, the smaller aspects of the micro aspects of their character. Um, so first and foremost, the Vader Obi Wan fight um, that was some of the most beautiful Star Wars we've ever had, right? Where and I said this earlier, yes, it is a very beautifully chore- choreographed lightsaber duel, um, but it was purposeful. And I loved how they mirrored what happened in Star Wars Rebels with Ahsoka, you know, slicing off Vader's mask. And it was the opposite side from when Ahsoka did it. And, you know, a lot of the lines were the same, you know, to be, to be fair. You know, when, when Vader says, you know, then you will die. And then, you know, the stuff that he says to, to, to Obi-Wan afterwards is the same stuff that he says to Ahsoka in Rebels when they, when they fight. Which is fine with me, honestly. It's the whole thing, like, you know, that's kind of like poetry they rhyme that, that Lucas always talked about. Um... It just broke my heart. Like I was saying, yeah, and like I was saying earlier, just from a visual standpoint, you know, it's some of the best visual representation of the power of the Force that we've gotten on screen because we know how powerful Force users can be. But whether it's technical limitations or budget restraints, we haven't really had the chance to have these, like, big set piece moments like we did in that fight um and i think it's maybe one of the benefits of having star wars owned by disney now is just that they can go all out with these fight sequences and uh you know when we do get sith and jedi they can really go right you know, all out right and i thought it was beautiful i mean my reaction i remember i was sitting watching with my dad and my brother and Obi-Wan lifts his arms and he lifts all these, you know, rocks and the, the force is at his back. And I, I cheered and I clapped and I was like, that's the power of the Jedi right there, man. Yeah. Like, right. It was just, it was amazing and to it see. felt earned because Absolutely. we saw him struggle trying to, you know, in episode, what was it, episode two, trying to stop Leia from falling, you know, trying to, to struggle inside the fortress Inquisitorius to use the force. You know, we saw him build his stamina back up. We saw him become Obi-Wan Kenobi once again. And if we had just had him from the jump being badass Obi-Wan, there would be no payoff. There'd be no character development. So, you know, take a seat, neckbeards. This is the whole point of storytelling. Um, you know, one thing I, I you know, I think that slowly, one thing... Yeah, slowly but surely came out of his shell. Right, was, like, right. Super satisfying. Now, one, one advantage of having, you know, had we done weekly installments of the podcast from the jump... And quite honestly, if we had been less lazy, we probably would have done them. Um, it was just that maybe we could have, you know, talked about these things as they unfolded, which is the beauty of the weekly release format, where, like, for example, I watched the most recent season, the final season of Peaky Blinders on Netflix this weekend. I can't really distinguish one episode from another, and there were only six episodes just like all Obi-Wan. Just kinda, they all just kind of melted together in your mind. Right. Yeah. You know, so maybe we could have, you know, done it so we could have talked about, you know, oh, do we think the Grand Inquisitor is dead? Or, you know, what's going to happen with um, with Reva or, or, or whatever, right? Um, but I'm okay that we didn't 
really, because now that we have hindsight to talk about it um, and, and say, listen, I think that Reva was a great character. I think that the Grand Inquisitor looked great physically on screen. Rupert Friend did a great job of portraying oh, that yeah. character physically. Uh, his voice. Loki, hilarious. Too. Dude, dude when, he, when he comes up to Reva in episode five, hello. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, no. Hello. <laughs> his, I, loved his, I loved his voice. Um, it was so campy. He was, and like the petty little moment he had with Vader when he's like, we can't let the, we can't let them escape. We have to go after them, the insurgents. He's like, we're going after Kenobi. And then he bites on his you lip. You can see... Yeah, like, you can see his face. He's like, this fucking guy. Like, okay. He's like, all right. Uh, and then when he says to Reva, he's like, Grand Inquisitor, takes her little pin off. It's like, oh, my God, I love this guy. Um, oh, I know. I, I and, hope we get to see him in uh, Jedi, uh, what is it, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I, oh, I that'd hope be we cool. Get, I mean, I know we're, we know we're getting him because he was in the, the teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited to see the um, Inquisitor there. Speaking of which, I think it's great that the Disney – you know, Disney Star Wars is doing a lot to bring all of these people to live action. So, like, for example, like, my dad was watching, you know, start watching this with me. And he's, like, not a big Star Wars guy. He saw the original, you know, at a drive-in in 77. And he's like, all right, that's enough for me. And I'm pretty sure he watched the following, too, but was never, like, a big fan, right? Like, he liked them, said they were good movies, but he's, you know, not like us. Um, but then you watch the first episode, and he's like, oh, who are these people? Like, what are the Inquisitors? Like, what's their whole deal? Um, and it's cool because it's like stuff that you and I talk about that like your normie fan wouldn't really know about, but now everyone's talking about them, right? So like yeah, my, exa- exactly. I think it's I think it's great that they're brought more into the mainstream. Exactly, exactly. And they're not just like these these guys that are in Rebels or, or Jedi Fallen Order, right? And I think that one thing that Disney is really good at is putting enough of a character into a live action show to encourage fans to go back and watch the animated shows. Exactly. Play the game, you know? Like, engage with some of the books. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole debate about, is the Grand Inquisitor dead? That First of all, that was some of the dumbest discourse I've ever seen. Like, it, like yes, sure, it was shocking to see Reva, like, stab him through the stomach. You know, those guys have two stomachs. You know, at first, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I knew. I didn't know that. But I, <laughs> I did know that he was in Rebels. So it's like, obviously, he's not dead Obviously, the Lucasfilm story group is not full of a bunch of idiots, right? Obviously, oh my God, they're breaking canon. It's oh. like, shut up, guys. Yeah, like patience. Does, doesn't Obi Wan talk about patience? Anakin, you, you must be patient, right? And patience, Anakin. Yeah, literally. And 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 one more thing that I will say is that I never really got the hate for Riva from the jump. And I mean, I like listen. My I I'd like to think that I was decently discerning and could figure out from the jump that the Jedi youngling that we saw in the first scene was going to be Reva. Um, it just made sense that way. I just kind of intuited it. I'm glad that we were right. A lot of folks online had that theory, and I'm glad that we were proven right. Um, because can we just talk for a second about how badass of a story of a character arc she got, being a former youngling survived order 66 getting stabbed in the gut by vader becomes an inquisitor just to take revenge on him and everyone says oh how does how does reva know that anakin is vader that breaks canon right and it's the same thing with why would obi-wan leave tatooine that breaks canon or any other accusation of canon breaking right throughout this entire series every time they supposedly broke canon 
they found the one reason to break canon, right? They found the one reason that somebody would know that Anakin is Vader. They found the one reason for Obi-Wan to leave Tatooine. The only reason that anybody would know that Anakin is Vader is because they were a youngling and they either saw Order 66 happen or they survived it, right? Um, And her whole bit about just, you know, going after him to kill him... that, that it's so poetic it, it's like shakespearean almost yeah and also it speaks to her perceptiveness i i noticed this right right from the get-go with her character is that she's very perceptive she would pick up on a lot of the the small emotional reactions of people and she would take note of it for her own use later on uh she would notice the things that would make leia upset when she interrogated her uh very perceptive character so it doesn't surprise me at all that she would remember the guy that tore her her friends and family to shreds and and stabbed her in the gut her right uh she would remember that guy she would remember the uh and and i think all force users to a certain extent have the ability to pick up on the presence of another force user so I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna forget the guy who killed your friend your friends. So that to right. me makes perfect right. sense. Right, and you know, I think that Reva more than justified her presence in the story. You know, there are folks that were yeah, saying, and, "Why? And why did it have to she's be?" She's got a lot of potential for the future, right. too. I, I mean, my point is like the idea that people were saying, you know, why is it the Obi-Wan and Reva show when it should be the Obi-Wan and Vader show? Why are we getting so much Leia? It should be Obi-Wan and Vader. It's like, do you really think that you could have an entire six-episode series devoted to just Vader and Obi-Wan? At best, you could have a, no. a, you could have a slow burn leading up to a fight. I don't know what the movies are for. You could have a slow <laughs> burn leading up, to, leading up to a fight or two, which they did. There were two confrontations. And the rest of it, is development up to that point and then following action afterwards you need other characters to pepper in uh to make the story substantial right and what what cool. better character new stories too you know yeah and, and dude that's the one that's another thing it's like is need, all i don't these... need i don't need prequel retreads yeah do you, is all you Clone want is all you want like repurposed nostalgia or do you want new stories exactly everyone loved the mandalorian wanna, wanna, yeah because it was a new story it's fresh. Exactly. So, uh, what is the and I want to I want to talk about that for a second. Sure. Like, but, but what why? Is... Go for it. Go. I was just going to say, you know, what's the problem? The what's the problem with having a former youngling turned inquisitor who's really like a like a double agent essentially? And I mean, she's that not. She's struggling genius. with her identity. We haven't seen that before. But it's her, it's the idea that she's she's struggling with who she is, right? She wants to get revenge. She's using the dark side to get revenge. Exactly. On, you know, on, on Vader. And I think that's beautiful and poetic. And, and, you know, I didn't see the idea that she was trying to seek revenge on Vader from the beginning. I did see that she was a former youngling from the beginning. And I think that it was executed perfectly. So, so go ahead. Uh, no. And I, I agree with what you were, you were just saying, like star Wars gets really interesting for me when it's not so black and white. You know, it's not like Sith, Jedi, Rebel, you know, Empire, Republic, you know, it when it when you meet these characters who lie somewhere in between, like Darth Maul and Reva, who've just been cast aside by everybody and they have to make their own way, 
those those are the best characters in my opinion or ahsoka is another one uh we don't really get enough of them and i think it's awesome that we're we're being given more interesting characters like this and uh, i think reva especially and i have kind of a pitch for her character that we can get into now or later um send it that uh i, I yeah she's just got so much potential okay so my reva pitch uh, and I, I was thinking about this at dinner earlier um okay so i don't know who this it's a disney plus series right and i would want it to take place around the obi-wan time period maybe even pick up right after obi-wan and i'm thinking that reva somehow some way crosses paths with cal kestis and cal kestis you know she's he's a little bit older than her they went through something very similar uh, in that they survived a great trauma, Order 66. They somehow are alive. And they both went down completely different paths. I mean, Cal Kestis, he narrowly escaped Order 66. He hid in plain sight as a dock worker. And, you know, one thing led to him. He was tracking down younglings uh, and wanted to sort of, you know, pay homage to the Jedi and, 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 you know, carry, you know, keep, you know, pass the torch, carry on the, you know, the teachings to the next generation. And Reva obviously went in a, in a completely different route. I think it would be interesting to see where they sort of meet, you know, in the middle, just from an ideological standpoint. Um, I think we I heard think that this could really, you know, take her in, the, a, you know, in a new direction. The actor that played him, I forget the guy's name. The the Cameron voice actor, Monahan. yeah, Monahan, yeah, yeah. I heard a rumor on the the rumor machine this week that he was cast to play him in live action, which would be sick. Um, and I hope they make that jump truly, because that's one of those stories that like, you know, I mean, I I was alluding to this earlier where it's like you have the different areas of the canon, and it's beautiful to see them all being brought into live action just to kind of unify the story. So it's not like you have to suspend disbelief that it all is part of the same thing. You can just believe it. You know, like now we can just, you know, when we see the Clone Wars, we can just picture Ahsoka in live action because we've seen it now. Um, and well, this, I, I think the one thing that I will say in terms of uh, casting, you know, like wants and wishes and things that I want, like expectations, I would like to get one... Not even a whole scene. A little, a little, a little, a little, a little taste of Obi Wan, Anakin, and Ahsoka in live action. As a flashback in the Ahsoka series, I won't be disappointed if we don't get it. Obviously, right? Because I'm not that kind of guy. It's just that's just one of the things that I would I would die if I saw that. You know, that for me would be perfect. No, yeah, and and I, I think everybody collectively lost their shit at celebration when. Ashley Eckstein moderated the uh, Attack of the Clones panel, and she actually called Hayden Sky Guy. Right. I think that's just... Hey there, like, Sky Guy. I watched that whole panel. That was such a good panel. I know. It, it was. Were you there, um, were you there but, for that live? Yeah. Oh. I wasn't there for that panel. No. But I, I, I was able to see Hayden and Ewan come out on the Star Wars live stage, and they were completely unannounced. But I was... I remember... Standing, this is a little tangent. Uh, I remember standing in front of the Star Wars Celebration live stage. It was kind of this wide open area that anyone could just kind of gather in front of. And the 
it wasn't even the guy who interviewed them. It was just kind of a a guy who essentially kept the stage warm and the crowd hyped. He was just a hype guy. Uh, but he's like, got some big, big guests coming up next. You guys are going to want to come in. Come on in. You're not going to want to miss this. We're bringing in an extra chair. Hint, hint. You know, wink, wink. We're bringing in an extra chair for the next two guests. Um, so, I, you know, they didn't have a set schedule for who was coming out at any, any given time. Did you have an But I was, getting a f- I was getting a feeling that, like, okay, yeah, we're going to want to stick around for this. You had a feeling? Yeah. Almost a like feeling. you yeah. felt it in the force? Yeah, it was a... It was a presence I hadn't felt in a long time. Uh, and, uh, I Man, that's sick. I think we should do a whole episode, and we I can just ask you questions about your time at Celebration. Yeah, and I can give honestly with with that experience, and I'm I'm I th- I agree. We should do a whole episode about it because there's a whole bunch to talk about. I can also give kind of like a, uh, almost like a survival guide for anyone looking go to celebration in the future because there's kind of a lot that isn't really talked about um sure so I can yeah let's do that bear we'll, if you're looking to we'll make that our next episode. celebration that'd be cool um so yeah so listen we're, we're over the hour mark um any final thoughts that we want to talk about we can always we can always talk about obi-wan again in the future if we want to have a specific conversation um but this is more just our our reaction to it so if you have any final thoughts I never really said either way, but I don't think we need a season two. The way the series ended was super duper satisfying with him finally overcoming his pain and shame uh, and trauma. Uh, And I I think it was so beautifully done that after overcoming all of his pain and and reconnecting with the Force, that's when he finally saw Qui-Gon. I think that's just a beautiful thing. And just um, like and just like the series, we saved mention of Qui Gon for the last few minutes of our show. How perfect is that? Yes, yes. I, I think that I thought it was just so perfect. I thought it was great that Liam Neeson had said, "Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I only want to do films." And he's like, "Psych." I think that we should treat every I, I actor. <laughs> we should treat every actor as if they are uh, Andrew Garfield. No, yeah, they they're. I mean, when you think about it, they're paid to pretend all the time, so that's their job. Right. And I think that it was good that it was just a taste of Qui-Gon. Like, they made us wait for it, and it was... Like, I think that the only other moment that it would have been good was the last time that Obi-Wan was asking for his intercession uh, before the final showdown with Vader. But it made sense. Qui-Gon's explanation made sense. Um, as to why he didn't show up. You know, he's like, you weren't ready uh, to receive me, essentially. Um, and I thought that was perfect. No, I think he looked great. He sounded great. Uh, the memes of him on the desert, uh, on Tatooine, oh, with his with his so costume from episode one with, like, the sun umbrella. So funny. Um, <laughs> go to our Twitter. I'll, I'm sure we'll post it. <laughs> um, it was great. Um, another thought that I had, let me, let me try to remember what I was going to say. Um. Yeah, and the to think that, you know, even in death, he's still teaching Obi Wan new lessons, and right. that, you know, he had to figure these things out for himself, and that, you know, everyone has a different teaching style, but 
clearly Qui-Gon is, is more, more of a teacher that wants his pupils to learn on their own and to follow the will of the force itself. Uh, that's how he lived his life. And, uh, it's just a beautiful thing to right. to just think about. Right. You know, that that's my head canon. <laughs> that you know, I he think wanted to teach him another lesson. Right. And I will say that I am confident in the Lucasfilm story group. Uh, I know that other fans in the fandom are are are, are less so, but you know what? That's their problem. Because if we look at the other uh, instances in the canon in which Obi Wan is on Tatooine. You know, during his 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 long isolation, and he meets Qui Gon. Uh, this show did not contradict any of that, right? So, in the Star Wars book, a certain point of view celebrating the 40th anniversary of A New Hope, in which there's 40 stories by 40 different authors telling the story of A New Hope, and each short story is from the perspective of a background character or a supporting character. Um, there's one chapter called Master and Apprentice by Claudia Gray, which is rather funny because she also wrote the, you know, the full length novel Master Apprentice. Um, great book, by the way. But in this short, it is Obi-Wan uh, before he meets Luke for the first time. And he knows that all this is coming. And Qui-Gon comes to him um, as a force ghost. And it's very beautiful the way they talk about it. And and how he comes out of the living force and manifests himself and, you know, how Obi-Wan knows that his time is coming or, or he, he knows that, you know, the time is coming for, for, for Luke to, to finally become, you know, a Jedi and all this stuff. But only Qui-Gon knows that Obi-Wan is, 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 is destined to, to become one with the force shortly. Um, and then also the, the, the legends book, the non-canon book, Kenobi, I'm blanking on the author's name. It takes place earlier in the canon, um, from my understanding. And the author of that book put out on Twitter saying that it's beautiful that the way this all played out because it did not undo anything from his book. And it also, they agreed on one major plot point. And I haven't read the book yet. I'm going to read it next week. Um, so I'm excited to see what that is. Um, and I also ordered uh, the 192-page comic uh, from the journals of Obi-Wan Kenobi that takes place after this, once Obi-Wan goes to his new home. Um, and the clothes that he was wearing in the final shot with the, binocul- with the binoculars, with the goggles and, and the backpack, um, that's kind of the look that he adopts at that point. Um, so a lot of I've Kenobi stuff. I've read a couple of issues of that. That's a, that's a really good one. Mm. Mm-hmm. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, and other stuff that I've been reading recently, man. Uh, Star Wars Brotherhood, which is a story of Anakin and Obi-Wan. Uh, in the beginning of the Clone Wars, a few months after Geonosis. Uh, great book. It's about Obi-Wan and Anakin learning to trust each other uh, when Anakin becomes a knight. Um, it talks about that business on Kato Neimoidi. I really love that one. Uh, Star Wars Lords of the Sith. I finished that one a couple weeks ago. Really great story about uh, Vader and the Emperor a few years after Revenge of the Sith. Um, you know, learning to, to trust each other or not trust each other, really. I don't really... Uh, you know, it's up to your own interpretation. Uh, but this week I'm reading uh, Dark Disciple, which is Quinlan Voss and Asajj Ventress, another great one. Um, you know, Quinlan was here. Yeah. It, listen, guys, if, if any of you guys want us to actually talk about these Star Wars novels, uh, you know, we can do that. I mean, if, if you want, maybe we can even try to get some authors on the podcast, talk about their books, because um, I know they're very eager to, to talk about their work. Um, I love Star Wars novels. 
Uh, it's it's a guilty pleasure of mine, you know, when I'm when I'm not in school and I have time to read novels and not have to be reading stuff for school, um, to, to to really plug in and 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 kind of escape from the world. Um, so yeah, Jeff, let me let me just let me just recommend to you pick up a copy of from a certain point of view from from a New Hope, um, and read that chapter, Master and Apprentice. There's also another one called um, it's Kevin Scott, I believe. It's Time of Death. And it's talking about when Obi-Wan, you know, finally becomes one with the Force. I haven't gotten there yet, but I've heard bits and pieces of it. And it seems to be one of the most beautiful pieces of writing in Star Wars I've, I've ever seen. Um, so, anyway, on, on that note, we're going to wrap it up here um, at the 76-minute mark. Jeez, uh, a year and a half, and, and we go way over time. Um, you know, shoot us, a, shoot us an email at JediJargonPod at gmail.com if you, if you uh, have any questions or comments or, or follow us on Twitter or Instagram at JediJargonPod if you want to leave a comment about the show. Uh, or shoot us a DM if you have any questions. We'll read them on air. Um, you know, final thought, you know, thank you to the folks at Lucasfilm for making the last four-year wait or however long it's been since we first heard about Obi-Wan Kenobi coming back. Uh, for making that wait worth it. Um, I, I felt like a little kid again. And, and isn't that why we all watch Star Wars? You know, to feel like we're, you know, we're eight, nine, ten years old again. Exactly. That's that's how I felt watching this show. Right. It was just, it was a blissful experience. I really did feel like that, you know, eight-year-old boy at Star Wars weekends down in Disney World again. You know, fighting Darth Maul. Right. Living to tell the tale. Right, and I, and, and I and I really <laughs> I, got that feeling that I I'm, that I got when I first watched the prequels. That was the first Star Wars that I watched. Besides, you know, playing Lego Star Wars, um, you know, I really felt like I was ten years old watching Episode Three again, watching Episode One, Episode Two. You know, because that to me was Star Wars, and there's nothing better than that. So on that note, no. we will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting the podcast. We are back for season two. We're going to be doing a number of episodes. Um, I believe our next one's going to be talking about Celebration. Uh, we're going to do a couple episodes for the Andor TV series. I believe we'll do one before. Um, and depending on our schedule, we'll do a couple during. And then we'll do a wrap-up. Um, and then we'll go from there. You know, I, I don't expect this to be uh, more than a 10 or 12 episode season. Because uh, it's only so much you can talk about before you, uh, you, know, you have to start debasing yourself to get clicks. <laughs> Anyway, listen, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been really fun. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, the pod will be with you always.